Hello and welcome to Hyatt Report and this is your host Omar Hyatt. Hi everyone, so today I want to talk about Vania Sheikh, a female dental student, a Muslim in India, who was allegedly sexually harassed by a Hindu man. According to some reports on social media, Vania in fact protested against this harassment. However, she was allegedly physically assaulted for protesting by her abuser. This then led to Vania committing suicide at her university or college campus. Now, before we get into how the Indian authorities are responding or not responding to this case, or how indian media is covering or not covering the story i just want to call out that anytime muslims are persecuted anywhere in the world be it in the east or the west the usual narrative that is pushed is quote unquote human rights or quote unquote women's rights or quote unquote let's save muslim women from muslim men We saw this when Afghanistan was invaded. We saw this when Iraq was invaded. We saw this when the occupation of both Afghanistan and Iraq was justified. When it comes to India, Muslims have been facing persecution since Britain's colonization of the subcontinent. However, it became really intense pretty much since 1947. which is the year when India got its independence. And since 1947, Muslims in India have faced numerous massacres, pogroms and riots. And in each of these scenarios, Muslim women, Muslim women were specifically targeted by the perpetrators of violence. In light of this, I'd like to argue that the reason muslim women face these atrocities is because the oppressors who in my opinion are filled with anti-muslim hatred and islamophobia want to humiliate muslim men and this is just not applicable to india but if you notice this theory of mine can be applied to western liberal societies as well where muslim women are consistently demonized or in some cases even criminalized for their clothing i think it's very clear that these anti-muslim islamophobes know that us muslim men are very protective of our women and therefore these people target our women to get to us or humiliate us so let's go back to india where not long ago we saw how muslim girls in the southern indian state of karnataka were targeted for wearing hijab they were barred from attending school um those girls then went to karnataka high court which delivered a judgment banning hijab then they went to supreme court of india which then delivered a split judgment meaning hijab still remains banned in those colleges in Karnataka even today we also saw how recently 
convicted、um, rapist of Bilkis Banu, a victim of Gujarat riots, were released based on good behavior. I mean, how can convicted rapist be released on good behavior grounds? I mean, good behavior grounds for convicted rapist who've been proven to have committed. A heinous act such as rape. Just think about it. And not just this, but there is also consistent rhetoric from Hindu saints in India, where they are riling up Hindu men to go after or target Muslim women. In all of this, Muslims of India remain hopeful. In the sense that they still rely on their law enforcement agencies to to potentially. Take action against these perpetrators.、Um, they still rely on their justice system to do the right thing. But in my opinion, both Indian law enforcement and the justice system has failed Muslims of India miserably.、Um, not just once, but over and over and over again. This then makes me think that this is a systems failure. That this is a systematic failure, which the Indian Muslim leadership, to a large extent, still refuses to acknowledge. In fact, in some cases, I've heard、um, some of the prominent Muslim personalities. In fact, there is this one prominent Muslim personality who said something along the lines of "Ham har zulm bardasht kar lenge,"、um, lekin. उफ तक ना कहेंगे जब तक हमारे हम वतन भाई हमारे साथ आकर खड़े नहीं होते बेसिकली वो दिस पर्सन वो सेंग वॉज दैट मुस्लिम्स ऑफ इंडिया विल टॉलरेट ऑल काइंड ऑफ एट्रॉसिटीज बट विल नॉट अ सिंगल वर्ड अंटिल और अनलेस Members of a majority community of India、uh, do not come and stand alongside them. So this was just one、uh, one person who was a prominent personality in India who said this. So you can imagine.、Um, on one side, you have ordinary Muslims facing persecution,、um, and it's a systematic persecution. It's it's a system、um, that's enabling this persecution, and on the other side. Prominent Muslim personalities are refusing to acknowledge that it is a systematic or systems failure.、Um, what in fact ends up happening is、um, they end up saying things like "Hamir judiciary par sampoorn bharosa hai,"、uh, we have,、um, which means we have complete faith in the judiciary. Or they say stupid things like "We will not do anything,、uh, no matter the amount of atrocities we face."、Um, and these are like prominent Muslim personalities who've said this. And amidst all of this, it's the ordinary practicing Muslims who are facing the brunt of a system that's stacked against them, that's stacked against their belief system, that's stacked against Islam. Um, and anything that Islam represents. Now, coming back to Vanya Sheikh, I think this crime stems from the fact that Hindu men in India are emboldened to go after and target Muslim women. 
because they know that they enjoy the immunity from the system that released rapist of Bilqis Banu on good behavioral grounds. So I absolutely think it is the liberal secular system that is responsible for Muslim women being targeted without any consequences in India. And I do not think that it is only one political party that's responsible for this. I think the silence from most other quote-unquote secular parties in India on this matter is a sign that this whole system is stacked against Muslims. And not just the Indian system, right? Um, when, when it comes to raising voice, you'll see that India has good or uh, India enjoys good diplomatic relations with most Muslim countries, including some really powerful Muslim countries like Saudi Arabia, the UAE, um, Kuwait, etc. And none of these countries, um, I think except Kuwait, um, raise, um, raise with India how India treats its Muslim population. I mean, all these Muslim countries have good um, diplomatic and trade relationship with India. They can at any point say, hey, look, you're not treating Muslims in your country well. Um, you're persecuting them. And as a result, um, we will cut our ties with you. But none of these countries ever do that. I think they only did it um, when one of the um, political actors in India, Nupur Sharma, spoke um, or insulted Prophet Ali Salam. Um, but I think that was more on the religious grounds. I'm glad um, most Muslim countries spoke up against that. Uh, and in some cases, they summoned um, Indian ambassador uh, uh, in their countries, in their respective countries. Um, but when it comes to persecution of Muslims in India, you'll see hardly any Muslim country, um, except maybe Pakistan, uh, except maybe Kuwait, um, raise this with India. So I think this this um, liberal world order um, has definitely not benefited Muslims in India, nor has it benefited Muslims um, anywhere else in the world, including in Palestine or Syria or anything. So I think, in a way, I blame um, Muslims um, adopting um, the concept of nation-state as... Um, as one of the reasons um, f that we see so many Muslims across the globe are now being persecuted. So I don't want to digress too much from Vanya Sheikh because what happened to her is atrocious. And I think um, the culprits, um, the, the person who harassed her should face um, the justice system. And I think... Um, he should be prosecuted. He should be given punishment. But what I can't simply ignore is Vanya Sheikh was a Muslim in India. And like, ma like many Muslims in India, she also faced persecution from the majority community of India. And I'm dreading to think that there are many more Vanya Sheikhs out there who might be facing this sort of harassment in India but remain silent. And in a way, I blame 
Muslim rulers of the world for the persecution that Muslims across the globe are facing. We currently, as Muslims, do not have a central authority that speaks for all of us. All these Muslim rulers, all they want to do is protect their crowns and their thrones. And as they're protecting their crowns and their thrones, they're they're not even looking after their own populations. And in many cases, they are in fact persecuting their own Muslim populations. And thereby, because they're persecuting their own Muslim populations to remain in power, they have no capacity and they have no authority to speak for Muslims of the world. And I think if Muslims want to get out of this persecution... The only solution as of now that I see is there ought to be a central authority that speaks for all of us, irrespective of our geolocation. I believe we need to have a central authority that can look after every Muslim in the world, no matter um, where they are located. Um, That's the only solution I see at this point in time. But I don't know how that will come to fruition or when will that become a reality or if that will become a reality in my lifetime. But what I do know is in the meantime, we should keep raising our voices against the persecution of Muslims um, across the globe, no matter where they are. Um, no matter who they are, so long they're Muslims, we as Muslims should raise um, our voices for them. Um, and we should also uh, see how we can build or develop a central authority um, that can speak for all of us and that can safeguard and protect our interests as Muslims.